Let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six, okay? But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four, that? Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six? Yep. Okay, here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. One and two and three and four and five and... Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider... And your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. What up, 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 I can't see you. I can hear you saying what's up. Can't see you. Hmm. I can see me. What if we just said what's up for 30 minutes? And I mean, it would probably be one of the better episodes. Kaufman-esque. Yeah, I can't see you. It, I, it would it would be a great episode, and then also people would be like, uh, dude, I hated that episode. And then people would be like, oh, that's the funniest episode ever. Because that's the thing about people. They're like assholes. They're stinky. Unless you bathe. I used to have that problem with my Metallica podcast, where someone would write in and say, you guys were hilarious. That was the funniest podcast I've ever heard. And then someone else write in and be like, you guys are horrible when you do that one thing. Yeah. And I would try to, in the early days, reason with them. I would take the time. I would write back and I would say, consider the pickle I'm in, dear dear listener. Oh, that's so nice. You don't like the thing we did, right? Duly noted. I got it. Thanks for the feedback. Um, this other guy over here says it's the funniest thing we've ever done. Consider the pickle. But they can't because, dude, the person writing in, first of all, if you're writing in to complain to a podcast, let's, I'll put it this way. You got more free time than I got. And the person that writes in to complain about it, they're the center of their universe. So the guy that thinks the thing that they don't like is the best thing, they don't care about that. They don't give a fuck. They didn't like the thing. Could you imagine having the fucking shiny, glistening brass nuts it would take for you <laughs> to get on the fucking horn to somebody who you obviously listen to and like and tell them what's what dude that was that some brass brassy brassy nuts well and you can always tell the difference like there's a difference between someone who it's coming from love they really do love the show maybe they're a little something you did was a head scratcher they're just checking in because they like the show. Right. Like the show, what would we be without people who cared about what we did? I get it. I love it. Yeah. But there's an energy that if you do what we do and you're on this side of the screen and you're concerned with like making a good show and getting feedback and engaging with people who like what you do, and whether that's podcasts or music or anything, there's an energy you can tell when someone's coming at it from, uh, you know, what would you even call that? Just like not a good place, um, you know, an entitlement thing or selfish or they that's they the only way they can feel like they can get a, a rise out of you or interact with you is through being sort of obtusely negative about something because a lot of my favorite podcasts have episodes where i'm like they kind of missed me on that and i just go about my day honestly well i mean first of all if you're not a subscriber on patreon Keep thy comments to themselves. I think that's what Jesus said. Is that the 11th? Yeah, that's the 11th commandment, I think. The 11th commandment is, if you ain't on Patreon, keep thy comments to themselves. Also, if you are on Patreon, also keep thy comments to themselves. 
<laughs> that's that's number 12. <laughs> and let your money do the talking. Let your money do the talking. Did you have an enjoyable Father's Day? Happy Father's Day to all you dads out there, by the way. Yeah, I did in that none of my children perished. Okay. Well, that's that's a low standard, but it's standard nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, I got through and I'm still a father. So that success. Well, let me tell you about a movie that not a lot of, not enough people saw. And it's called Father's Day, but I want to tell you what it's about. I'm going to read the synopsis to you. Ahab, a man obsessed with exacting brutal, violent revenge on the man who murdered his dad, joins John, an eager priest, and Twink, a hot-headed street hustler, on an epic quest to find and defeat the mythical monster known as Chris Fuckman, a.k.a. the Father's Day Killer. This is a guy who kills dads on Father's Day, and he also has sex with their dead bodies, called Father's Day. A French movie or a Serbian? (laughs) French or Serbian? You would guess either of those, but this is an American film. But it's one of those, you know, did you ever watch like the trauma shit, like Toxic Avenger? And, you know, did you ever watch like the really gross out exploitation, but not like 70s exploitation? Like just the Toxic Avenger would be a body melt. Did you ever see any of that stuff? Uh uh-uh. uh. They're almost just like art house films, probably often made in, in a place actually kind of like Austin or Portland. Wait, which Father's Day are you, are you looking up? Because there's a Father's Day with. Robin Williams and, and Billy Crystal, but that's not the one you're talking It's about. definitely not that one where Billy Crystal kills all the dads and has sex with them. This is the Adam Brooks film. It came out in 2011. A murderer, a priest, and a delinquent try to bring down a father-killing madman is another description of this film. Um, it's got a rollicking 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb. So That's not you bad. That's good. That's actually um, not bad for a for a horror movie but i do feel like the critics give horror movies a much better rating than they deserve. you have to here's the parent guide on imdb sex and nudity severe violence and gore severe profanity severe frightening and intense scenes moderate what's crazy about father's day is the poster for it looks exactly like an ai poster like if you had ai do a poster for you it does look like AI. And it was done in 2011. Dude, speaking of AI, I just watched the Andy Warhol Diaries on Netflix, and okay. they have an AI do the voice of Andy Warhol. Now, I think what they did was they had somebody read it, and then they had an AI make it sound like Andy's voice. Hmm. How weird is that? And it sounds just like Andy Warhol narrating his own story. Well, cool. now there, yeah, there's two things that made me think of. Number one is I read, you know, there's a writer's strike. So shows like a show pertinent to what I watch. And I, I don't want to offend anybody out there, but I occasionally watch real time about Bill Maher. And uh, which is funny, like depending on the cultural landscape now, he now he offends more liberals than conservatives. But uh, he's not been doing his show because writers write like his monologues and stuff. So when there's been historically a writer strike, shows like his just don't even air. And some an AI wrote a monologue for him, and it was it was just text. But you know, I've seen a lot of Bill Maher monologues. I know what the beats are of them. Like I get it. I could hear his voice, and it was legitimately like a Bill Maher monologue. Like it, it's like it's like when AI does like a really great picture, but like the fingers are a little fucked up. Like it was a little fucked up, but not a lot. And definitely the amount of fucked up enough where 
AI could fix itself. Like it's just constantly learning. The other thing that what you just said made me think of with the Andy Warhol thing is they're doing a thing now where they're having like a songwriter will able to be able to write a song. Like let's say for example, for post Malone and AI will be able to put his voice on it so that the artist can hear what it sounds like if they were to cut it. That's step number one. Step number two is why don't we just put it out? Let's just put it out. <laughs> no studio. No post alone doesn't have to do shit. And so this a pop artist came out. I'll have to look up who it was. She came out and said, it was like B Bay Rex or something. And she said, if you if any of you AI nerds or producers put use my voice, I'll give you 50% of the publishing, but I want 50% of it. Because you're gonna now you're gonna start seeing hit songs by people who did not even go into the studio. And what does that mean for the world? I mean, it's like anything. It's a tool that people can use. And um, like most films are made using CGI. They used to make models. Like people used to painstakingly build models from scratch, paint them, film them to make it look like a spaceship in space. Now there's just a CGI of that. Does that make the movie better or worse? Well, it's, it only depends on who the creator is. So if you're Bill Maher, you can probably get away with kind of doing some half-ass bullshit because he knows how to like, you know, it's it'd be like Celine Dion can sing an AI song and kind of make it sound pretty good because she's got a damn good voice. Now, is the song good? No, it's not going to be that good. Just like Bill Maher's monologue is not going to be that good. But it's Bill Maher, so you can kind of get away with it. I just had ChatGPT write me a monologue for Bill Maher. So I'll try to do it, and you tell me. Hey, hey it's Bill Maher. Hey, everybody, welcome. <laughs> Dude, how good is that Bill Maher? First <laughs> so of all. Far, so far, pretty good. That's not AI. That's me doing Bill Maher, by the way. I know a lot of you are like, is that Bill Maher? Is that Bill Maher AI? It can't be bought. That's how good it is. You might single-handedly bring down AI with your amazing... Uh, you might remind the world I mean, I'm wor- that the human touch is what we need. I'm kind of worried about AI hearing this. Because you know that you're going to hear it because they have algorithms on YouTube that look for shit. That's all AI. And uh, they're going to hear this and they're going to go, oh, shit, we got to shut AI. We got to shut IOK down. Hmm. It's going to bring down AI. All right, here we go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me tonight. I stand before you as a voice of reason, a provocateur of thought. Hey, I'm just uh, joking. And a champion of free speech. I'm Bill Marin. Tonight, I want to talk to you about the state of our world. <laughs> yeah, I'm just joking. We live in a time where ideological extremism has hijacked our conversations. We're too afraid to offend, too cautious to challenge ideas, too quick to ch- cancel those who dare to speak their minds. Oh, I forgot to say, <laughs> write some jokes, bitch. There's no jokes in here. Anyways, I mean, it sounds... Here's the thing, dude. It sounds fine. If you need something to write something, it'll write it. Here's here's what I know about art. Every day, millions of people are making real bad art, real bad poetry, real bad music. So if AI wants to join that real bad art music conversation, it can and will and is. Now, it's still going to take some it's still going to take somebody with i think it's still going to take a human being to kind of look at it and go what of this actually is profound i don't know if ai knows how to do that now eventually if ai can figure out what's profound and 
can just run millions and millions of lines through its like what's profound ask and answer game over for artists but until that happens we're still in there we're still we're we're, we're still going to be fine i just wonder if people if we as a culture and i really wonder it because i i tend to be a little more doomed than you i sort of look out and people say hey the sky's falling and i'm kind of like oh is it shit um but do people even care about what's profound anymore People wanting to be challenged by art anymore. I don't know. Everybody wants to lose themselves in art and television and movies and music. Music, but <laughs> not everybody's the same. I mean, some people listen. Some people say the word music, and some people say music. And now, you might be a person that says music, and then the other person who likes to say the word music is going to be, "Hey, man, you're saying it wrong." Well, you know who likes music. I mean, you know who generates 99.9% yeah, of all cows. music in the world. It's the cows. cattle, yes. Yeah, Correct. bovine. That's right. The bovine <laughs> species love music. They make it all day long. You just go out of the field. Go out of the field and you hear them. Do you know why they make such profound music? Um, they like to dance. It moves them. Yeah, And they also true. love to dance. Yeah, but man, there's nothing worse than uh, you get one of these people making music and then they just start, you know, they get the spotlight and then they just milk that spotlight. Right. And then the me, me and Bobby Schneider are sitting over on our podcast going, you know what? We're not amused. No. Not one too, bit. Sometimes it's a little too cheesy for me, music. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wish it was I a mean, little, I wish it was butter. That's all I'm saying. I, sometimes I wish it was a little bit better. I would have previously thought that the words you just said were unutterable, but you went ahead and said them. Well, you went ahead and said them. On I our only podcast. said them because I could. <laughs> That's the only reason I said them. I know could. some of you are probably hoofing it out here right now. They're like, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, well, good thing I'm producing this podcast, Cattle Prod. All right. Well, maybe we should uh, skedaddle out of the pun corner. Um, although, I could also hang out there all day. Look, the world is ending. Chat GBT's take coming for all of us. Why not sit up and stay a little longer in Goof, goof Town and have a little chuckle well, or two? Let's let's look at it this way. Let's say Chat GPT gets good. Because, I mean, the computer, when it came out, it couldn't beat no grandmaster at chess. Now, no human can beat the computer at chess. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. how cool would it be if AI was making like the best art, the best music, the best poetry, the best shows, the best movies of all time? That would be amazing. Something about it feels horrible. Why? Because I think part of what is so moving about art is knowing that a fellow human being made it and that it's possible and that, you know, the things we've talked about when it makes you feel proud to be alive, to experience it. I feel like if it's being generated by soulless, you know, algorithmic robots, you know, then it, there's something taken out of it. Now, maybe we just, maybe whatever is being taken out of it doesn't matter. Maybe I'm assigning meaning to it that can't be quantified. And maybe your way that you're talking about, maybe there'll be some growing pains, maybe one generation will die out, and then maybe it will be the better way because the best stuff will be made. But something for me, just, I don't know, it feels, something feels um, 
elemental about it that would be removed. Maybe is that just sentimental? Maybe I'm just being sentimental. I don't know, man. If it's good, it's good. You know, if I like it, I don't care. Like, why do I care if James Cameron? But like, I don't, I don't know James Cameron. I'm not going to hang out with James Cameron. Right. Like, why do I care if it was James Cameron or ChatGPT that made the movie? If it's good, and in fact, if ChatGPT is making movies as good as, I mean. Hopefully, it's going to make movies better than the new Avatar, because that thing's horrible. The first one was horrible. But Aliens was great. Oh, dude. Aliens is one of the best. And But here's the other Ter- thing. Terminator 2 was good. Terminator 2 might be one of the best action film sequels of all time, other than Aliens, which James Cameron also did. He did two um, good movies. I guess the thing, I'm thinking specifically about those two movies, T2 and Aliens. I mean, I've got... No, that poster I have in my office is of the first Alien Ridley Scott. The thing is, it's the imperfections in these things, too, that make them sort of awesome. Billy Corgan was talking about this, and he, was, he, used, he pulled up the example of Never Tear Us Apart, the NXS song, and he called it a perfectly imperfect song. Because there's blemishes in the recording, and there's, there's things about it that are just human. And part of that's what makes it so enjoyable. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you listen to, like today's pop music which i like i like pop music i like listening to teenage dream by Katy perry which isn't that's 10 years old but it's all so perfectly done and so perfectly buttoned up and fixed that in a way it wears me out like there's something missing in the listening experience for me to listen to an album that i don't feel when i listen to sort of a shittily recorded misfits album or a rolling stones album dude i'm with you i love listening to modern music like um i really like that um recording by um queen another one bites the dust i mean i know that that's like pretty new i mean it just came out mm-hmm. so people Brand might new. not be familiar with it but i like that i really liked what's that song that just came out um great balls of fire by jerry lee, jerry lee lewis well it's we didn't start the great balls of fire yeah also uh brass nuts uh brass nuts by moses you may yeah. have heard of him. He built an ark. Do you like that music? Oh, his name was Noah. I got him confused with Noah. Noah wrote Brass Nuts. Moses wrote uh, a song called Go Fuck Thyself. How come religious people, when they talk about the story of the flood and Noah, how come they don't yeah. go, what? Huh? How come they go, what a touching story about the preservation of all the species and what a lucky family right. that they weren't drowned and annihilated by a pernicious and vicious God who was like, you know what? These people aren't doing what I wanted to do. And it makes me sad because what I, I created people to worship and adore me for all time, which is totally normal. And they're not seeming to do that, which, and this is what God said. He said, frankly, it stinks, stinks. Right. Yeah. And because he's God and he has a bunch of good God ideas, because you can't be God without good ideas. He said, you know what I'll do? I'll drown the entire fucking world. Men, women, and children. Right. Except for this one guy's family who seem okay. It'd be it'd be very similar to like let's say you have a big family. Let's say you get started early as a teenager and you have, say, fifteen or sixteen children with your wife. And then at some point you're like, you know what? This family sucks. And then so you murder everybody except for two children. Murder your wife, of course murder her parents, murder all of the people that are related to you. 
and it's just you and two two of your favorite children, but everybody else murdered. And then I think people would be like, yeah, that's a pretty good lesson. That's cool. Let's put that in the Bible. And we'll call it and then they'll good, learn from good it. times. Good times. <laughs> we'll call it good times and we'll seal it with a rainbow. <laughs> you know what they were going to call? So after after Monty Python did the Holy Grail, they were they were at the premiere and they asked um one of the guys, Michael Palin, I think that's his name, um what their next movie was going to be. And he just blurted out, Jesus Christ, lust for life. <laughs> lust for life. No, no, lust for lust for glory. That's what it was. Jesus lust Christ, for lust for glory. Yeah, pretty good. Guar pretty has a good. record called, called Lust in Space, which is pretty good. Let Them Slay was the big song from that album. You know, I went to the Guar Bar in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, you did? Had, had an afternoon off playing yeah. the show there. Uh-huh. Um, pretty small. I expected a, I expected more of a spectacle. Uh, it was fine. Anyway, lust for glory. You know, I recently rewatched um, the Holy Grail Monty Python. Uh-huh. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, but the but I increasingly, as I get older, as I lurch into my forties, I I can't. I don't know the British. I, I'm I'm sensing in myself a a moving away from the British. Sorry to all you British people out there. It's their humor, the way they talk. I'm just like, eh, I could do without it. Well, after watching the, uh, after watching it, I was like, oh, I'm gonna. But I, this always happens with the Monty Python. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch all of Flying Circus, or I'm gonna watch all of Now for something completely different, or any other movies. And I'll start watching it for. I'll get ten minutes in, and I'm like, ah, I'm gonna go go watch something else. Yeah, hard like to get it, through. It's hard. Yeah, it's. I mean, it'd be one thing. If it's 1973 and there's no options, like you don't have, you don't even have VCRs. Like there's no, you, no computer, no smartphone. It's three channels, three channels and a couple of movie theaters got, in your neighborhood. You've got Chips playing at night on primetime. Chips is playing primetime. <laughs> Chips is the best thing on offer. During the day, you've got Munsters, Adam's Family, Beverly Hillbillies reruns. Like you really have no options. There's nothing to do, and then all of a sudden you're you've got Monty Python. You're like, oh, I'll go watch Monty Python all the way through. But right. now, man, there's too many great options. Well, now Monty Python. See, yeah, before Monty Python had to compete with Chips and Beverly Hills reruns. I got Max Frost on the phone. Let's let's chat with him. This is our first guest on. Uh, I'm okay. You're okay, Max Frost. What's up? What's up, Max? What's going on? We're doing a podcast right now. Well, the problem with that is I probably can't hear the other person, right? Well, you can hear me. I love how he called me the other person when he knows (laughs) it's me. He's he's been talking to you the whole time, Max. Don't worry about it. The other other person. The other person. Yeah, who's the other podcast? That's Clint Wells is the other person. (laughs) Yeah, Clint Wells, who actually lives in the same city as me and who I haven't hung out with yet. You guys live together and... You guys aren't hanging out, but guess who Clint's not hanging out with? Everyone. You're not the only one. Unless you're part of everyone, you're not the only one. Yeah. And what I'm trying to do is not, you know, I'm sort of just like, I feel like I'm out on the beach of of the edge of the liquor sea. And I sometimes I see Clint's boat out there circling around near the islands. And I'm like, I'm not ready to go out that far into the sun. Yeah. Podcasting ain't easy, Clint. <laughs> Clint, podcasting ain't easy. 
No, no one said it would be. <laughs> this would be a lot more fun if I could. Is there some way you can like patch him in? Patch me in, Bob. All right. I'm, I'll just Bob, go ahead and patch me. <laughs> Hold he's, on. Is this, All right. Is I'm, this the moment where Clint quits the podcast because of this phone call? No, he's telling me to patch you in. So here's Pat, what I'm going to do. <laughs> Matt, I'm patching you in. Or ready? You're, you're patched right, in, buddy. <laughs> there we go, Max. How you doing, baby? It's good to finally be patched in. <laughs> Damn, it's nice being patched in. Good to be patched in. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all patched in here. So. God damn, man. Dude, here's what I'm doing. Dude, the apocalypse, any kind of a situation where the grid goes down, guess who's getting patched up? We are, dude. We I'm getting patch patched bay. in. I'm getting some fentanyl patches, and your boy's getting patched in (laughs) (laughs) or patched out, whatever you want to call it. I'm getting patched. (laughs) Oh, yeah, dude. I'm tapping in. Yeah, I'm not doing the thing where I'm like, oh, let me let me deal with these carnivores. (laughs) Cannibals. Both. Doesn't matter. What would be your first stop in an abandoned Austin, Texas, where you know you basically have about like the scene in that The Last of Us thing where the guys rolling around to the Home Depot and the liquor store and stuff. Where are you pulling up to just stockpile before the zombies encroach? Jack in the box. No, I'm going straight. I'm going straight to the pharmacica (laughs) and I'm getting whatever the opioids they have and I'm going gloom, 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 gloom. (laughs) And then when they show up, your boy's got a pant full of poop. <laughs> and he and he got some X's in his eyes. Because <laughs> I'm not doing that shit where I'm like, fucking, what am I, Pedro Pascal? Fuck what that. What is that sound of? Is that the sound of you applying the patches? That's me gulping. That's me gulping down whatever they've got, dude. It makes a gloop sound? That's a gloop in your pants. It will. <laughs> gloop gloop. It will when I get done glooping it down. <laughs> all right, oh, we got we got. Right, it was nice having. This has been our first guest, ladies and gentlemen, Max Frost. Hey, thank you guys for having me. And uh, yeah, my book comes out next week, so make sure to plug that <laughs> at the end of the episode. And uh, what's your book it's called? called Fro- to the Frosty Max is what it's called, and you can find it wherever you get books. Uh, it's called How to Survive a, a, a Zombie Apocalypse with a with pants full of doo doo. All right. Looking forward to reading that. <laughs> it's, called, it's called Fentanyl Storm. All right. Hey, Max, I got a, oh. call, I got a call from Drake coming in. I got a book. Hey, the, the book's called Big City Cocaine Mountain. I'm getting a call on the other line. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> he got a call. He had to go because he got a call. Dude, that's, that's our new thing is like, <clears throat> as soon as we get, if, I, if he calls me or I call him, as soon as we get on the line, it's like, oh, I got a call coming in. Hey, what's up? Oh, I got a call coming in, dude. Hold on. We're just getting you patched. Hold on a second. Well, I got another Uh, call coming in. That shit is funny. Max Frost, very, very uh, talented young man. In fact, uh, he he, uh, basically produced and recorded my new record. Very cool. Over over Christmas. It's still not out, but it's coming out soon. We'll see. Oh, you a new, new record. New, new. It's done. We went, we recorded a brand new record. In uh, over 
over the Christmas break. Well, this would be, I mean, is this your first record without Dwight Baker? First record that wasn't Dwight Baker since Lovely Creatures. Lovely Creatures. Well, do we have... No, since I'm good now. Since I'm good now, because he because right, because he Dwight recorded did lovely, lovely creatures in every record since then. So this is the first non Dwight Baker record. Well, I am excited to hear it. I'm shocked you haven't told me about it or sent it to me. Does it have a title? Do you have any details you want to give the babies, or do we want to save it, save some deets? I was going to call it the Human Torch, but nobody liked that title, even though I loved it. And Max wanted to call it um, Hands of a Fool which was our kind of a working title, but I think I'm going to call it Wasting Time. I've got a song on there called Wasting Time that I love, so probably call it that. Wow, and it's already mixed? It's done. It's mixed, mastered, the whole deal. It's been done for about a month and a half, but we're just, we're, I don't want to put it out on my own, so we're trying to gotcha. find a record company to put it out, do it the old, old-fashioned old way. Well, cool. Well, look, time flew by. I'm glad we got to have uh, Maxwell Frost on the show. Always a good time. And uh, we're going to skedaddle into the Secret Weekly. If you like the show, you can write in bobandclint at gmail.com. Let us know the deal. Although, please don't complain about something because no, I'm searching deep within currently before we skedaddle. I'm searching deep within. And yeah, I can't find it. I don't give a fuck. So if it's funny or interesting or complimentary or insightful, please do write in because we do like hearing those emails. Yeah, we like hearing about how great we are. Sure, of course. Bobandclint at gmail.com. If you want to join us on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash just the letters IOK. You can throw a couple of bucks a month at the show, support us, keeping the lights on at IOK Industries. And you're going to hear things unutterable in what we lovingly refer to as a secret weekly where we will go now. We will see you there. If not, we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 